Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Imogen on and she's a self-taught business owner. Hi Imogen. Hello. How are we today? Yeah, very good, thanks. I was actually just thinking how calming and chilled your voice is when, oh. when you did that intro. <laughs> I've done soothing. it a few times now. <laughs> yeah, you've nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do? Yeah, so um, God, where do I start? I think this is quite classic, isn't it, for anyone that's kind of like built their own thing is it, it's not very um it's not always clear is it no so <laughs> I feel like I need to really spend time on coming up with kind of like an elevator pitch of what I actually <laughs> do because every time I have an interview like this it changes um so I am from Jersey in the Channel Islands and this is really quite like a um defining factor of kind of what I do I think in mm-hmm. that I've always, I always tell everyone that I'm kind of a, an accidental entrepreneur, although I hate that word. So um, <laughs> accidental business owner, if we will. Um, I never thought that this would be something that I'd end up doing. Um, but I went to a very kind of academic all-girls school, mm-hmm. um, was very creative and creativity was kind of never really... Um, it was just a nice to have on the school curriculum. Um, and all of my best friends are amazing, highly intelligent women, um, all very academic. And I was just very creative. So they off, all went off to university to do um, law and accounting and all of the amazing things that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went off and to study fine art. And then in the first year, I realized that fine art was not my thing um and ended up switching my degree to do media and communications which I loved which is essentially marketing like it's a lot of Mm -hmm. marketing sociology psychology that kind of thing and I loved it um and that kind of pushed me down a career in marketing which was very happy to do loved like loved marketing Mm. um came home to Jersey and Jersey's very small, um, but it has a very large finance industry. Um, So the only kind of marketing jobs I could go into were in the finance industry, which stuck out for about a year. And I was kind of like, this is just not my thing. Mm. Um, And from that, well, I don't want to make this this story too, too long, but cut a long story story (laughs) short. um, I was basically kind of like, all right, there's no jobs for me here. I'm going to have to kind of create my own. Um, And from there, that started in fashion. You know, originally I really wanted to go and work in marketing in fashion. And I just thought that I would um, go to London and find a job there. Um, But I went traveling in the meantime around Southeast Asia and Australia, um, came back and was like, right, I'm going to move to London. But at that point, um, you know, I'd realized how much of a homebody I was. I'd miss my family when I was traveling. Um, I met someone here and there was just more reason to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, So from there, I then just as a creative hobby, started making some little lace bralettes, like as a creative um, thing to do, which then turned into a business. and spent a couple of years scaling that kind of dipped my toe in the water with fashion design. And, you know, I'm completely self, everything I do, I'm completely self-taught. I have no background or experience in fashion or business or any other than, you know, my marketing background from uni and the 
um, brief stint I did in professional marketing as a graduate, mm. um, the fashion side of things was completely, um, completely self-taught. And we spent a few years kind of trying to scale that. And as that grew and as lockdown hit, there was a lot of, I think as a lot of people got furloughed, um, there was, uh, people had a lot more time on their hands. And I think there was a lot of women kind of t- being like, right, this is my time to start the business that I've always wanted to do. I don't know if you noticed, but just through lockdown, there was just all of these new business, candle businesses, cake businesses, yes, they were just popping up definitely, everywhere. Definitely. Um, and I think you know, I began to notice them. And I think because I I knew how, I know how hard it is to build a business. Um, and I hadn't realized just quite how lucky I was that I was a business owner and I was also creative and I also understood how branding works. Mm. Um, I didn't realize, I think, quite how privileged I was until I saw these businesses popping up and I was like, oh no, you're doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> oh my God, please let me help you. And I just kind of, at the time, there was, I had a couple of friends that wanted to start businesses. So I was helping people. Um, just because I I was just so passionate about it, um, so passionate about them starting their own businesses, and I was helping them with their branding, and and then that kind of got a bit out of hand. Um, and you know, I got to the point where I was like, right, actually, this now this is turning into a, a bit of a business. So um, I then founded Bijou Brands, which is my service based business, um, which has now kind of taken over a bit I would say I mean Imogen Apparel my fashion brand has definitely taken a step back and it's now no longer the business that I'm trying to scale Mm. um but Bijou has kind of you know through a series of really great clients and projects that we've worked on it's kind of started building momentum I've just hired a team member um so there's now two of us um and yeah that's just kind of it's 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 scaled to very unexpectedly um but I'm thoroughly enjoying it um and as I said it's just a, yeah self-taught the whole way I think just kind of figuring it out as I've got along but I feel like after kind of like three four years of doing that I I finally actually know what it is that I do and what I want to be doing yeah I I, I mean I love that um I love the fact that you're self-taught and you know apart from you know the little stint in, in marketing you actually did that you've actually just gone out there and just given it a go which mm-hmm. if, if you'll agree with me I think that's 90% of the battle sometimes with, with starting businesses or or doing anything mm-hmm. um I think you know I, I left my corporate job about two two years years and year and a half ago two years mm-hmm. um and you know for the first year I was like running around like a headless chicken like mm. right how do I make money like how do I launch business how do I do mm-hmm. this how do I do that um but actually it's that it's that period of time between you actually taking the dive mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be ages before you feel like okay I, I kind of know what I'm doing and even then mm-hmm. sometimes you know some days you'll wake up and you'll be like oh my god I have no idea what I'm doing yeah yeah definitely and I always say to people because I think a lot of people um I think a lot of people think of business and having a business looking at it as this kind of colossal mountain that you have to climb and I think a lot of people don't end up doing it or trying because they think of it as this huge thing whereas as you say the the hardest part is just taking just 
doing the first dive, taking the first step, as you said, because I think, as, and you know, in the same vein as what you said, it's always going to be difficult. You, you know, some days I do wake up, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing today? Sorry, am I am I allowed <laughs> yeah, to swear? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, I wake <laughs> I was up say, and I swear exactly quite same. a lot. <laughs> um, but I think once you've done the, what the fuck am I doing? Once yeah. it then becomes easier to keep being okay with it. Um, but as That's you say, it. you, you recognise that feeling, don't you? Go, like, yeah. Oh, what the fuck? And then you go, oh, actually, no. Last time I felt like this, I did this and yeah. this. Yeah. I've got this. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's just learning that you know once you get through it once you're like okay I thought that was really bad and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was and even if it was bad I learned some really big lessons from it okay right I'm ready to go through it again and it just becomes easier you just build that resilience muscle I think uh, I think you'll agree with me again here when I talk about failure as well mm-hmm. um you know I don't you know at school you just talk like failure is the worst thing in the world you know if I you, know. you fail an exam oh god you, you know you're never going to be able to do what you want to do yeah and it's actual bullshit yeah. it, the, the more you fail the better actually you end up because you understand yourself better you understand where you went wrong and how you can fix it mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know I feel really sad for my you know 14 15 16 year old self because the like as you said at school like I just remember like I thought that I was thick when I was at school because I was creative and I wasn't academic and you know mm. I remember that feeling of like you know my friends were getting a stars and I was getting you know b's c's or whatever and just feeling just awful yeah and I just think school just breeds such a negative um connotation around failure and actually like you know don't get me wrong failing is not nice like it's not it's it's not a nice feeling it is it's horrible but I think you know I I, this year definitely this past year this past maybe even six months as I say I feel like I'm finally kind of like leveling out I feel like I've gone through the shit and like gone through the kind of the turmoil and you know the the waves you know the kind of choppiness of it all and I feel like I'm finally at a point of of calm on the other side but what I've learned from that is probably in the last six months is to really try and welcome failure now um and try and switch my mindset around it and when things go wrong actually being like right wow this is going to be such a lesson imagine how I'm going to tackle this next time or imagine like think of the lessons that I have learned from this that I are so valuable to me becoming the business owner that I want to be I would not be able to become that person without having gone through that failure and actually kind of switching my mind and as I said like as I said before like it's not easy it's not like I'm just like welcoming failure with open arms like it still feels shit yeah but actually reframing it in your mind and taking a breath and taking a minute and going okay right okay what actual positives am I going to take from this yes I mean I I love your uh, Instagram as well where you talk openly about your you know business uh, business mm-hmm. life and the, the difficulties or, or the achievements you've 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 made um, mm-hmm. I think it's at the moment on the internet there is a shit ton of bullshit around being an entrepreneur and being a business owner <laughs> I hate it so oh, much oh my god there's so <laughs> and they these people like prey on these you know naive people that are excited or they want to change yeah. their life or whatever and they you know they listen to these I mean there are some 
actual decent people out there with great mm-hmm, advice mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just bullshit and you like mm-hmm. no 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 that's you can't just wake up one day and the next oh i've, I've made a, a million pounds in uh, e-commerce like yeah. no that that doesn't happen yeah well yeah a it doesn't happen and b these people that I don't know. I think I've discovered, I've been made more aware of how much bullshit there is since the kind of um, the birth of reels. And, you know, you'll see these reels and it's like how to make six figures from the beach and stuff like that. And I click on them and I'm like that, you know, their bio is I help entrepreneurs make regular 10K months. And I'm like, yeah, A, cringe. And then B, where's your evidence? Like you're just saying that there's all this money that you make. Like you're not showing me how you're not talking to me like a human being. You're just making these cringy reels where you're, you know, claiming to make 10K, have consistent 10K months and there's just nothing to back it. And Mm. I, I, I hate, I just hate that just because I think it's so, yeah, A, the naive people do get sucked into it. And B, it's also just like, for me, I'm inspired by real people. So so I don't find that inspiring. I find it cringeworthy. And I'm yeah. like, that no one's going to want to, like, yeah, running a business, like, I'm not going to, these people glorify it. Like, it is fucking brilliant. Like, I love it so, so much. Mm. Um, but I can't get inspired by the bullshit and I don't think anyone else will so I don't think I don't I don't think that that's that helps anyone I think that bullshit you know I can help you make 10k months whatever I think that's almost just like a it's a it's a money grabbing scheme like these vulnerable people will buy into whatever you're selling and probably get nothing from it and then the other people who actually genuinely want to start a business just don't find that inspiring and actually can't find any inspiration from real people to start their business so yeah I, I'm very very <laughs> very <laughs> against it it really grinds my gears <laughs> that leads me into you know when people are starting businesses and they look like they look at people like yourself and they might follow you on Instagram where do you actually go for that kind of inspiration or that kind of sound advice where you're like actually you know these people know what they're talking about is there any sources you use at all for, for that kind of um, information um... I mean, maybe not so much now. I think I try to not consume too much now because I, like many people, can very easily get sucked into kind of imposter syndrome and seeing what other people are doing um, and actually trying to, yeah, A, feeling shit because I feel like someone's doing better than me and B, sometimes trying to replicate what they're doing especially in, you know, in my industry, I've done that in the past and actually, you know, A, just doesn't feel aligned with me and my brand and where I want to go. And B, that's also just like an icky way of doing business, I think, when you're just kind of following and and copying what your competitors are doing. So Mm. I try not to consume too much because I can can recognise that I'm falling into that hole. And I think it kind of, I lose my direction of where I want to be taking my business when I do that too much. Um, But I mean, in terms of kind of inspiration, it's really just, I mean, I could probably count on one hand the amount of people that actually, you know, I am truly and and hang off every word they say. And they're normally Mm. just, you know, people, women who are two, three, five years ahead of me in business. Mm. Um, and you know just just 
keeping an eye on you know how they're scaling what tactics they're using um but then equally it's i get heavily inspired by my clients as well like i i'm so awful with my discovery calls i set 15 minutes aside and i end up chatting to people for like 45 minutes an hour <laughs> just because i find like the it, that's such a you know it's an, such an intimate setting to be so involved heavily involved in someone's mm. business and they're telling me how they found me and the content that they've that they've consumed of mine that they found really inspiring and then you know I'm telling them how I'm hearing about their story and I that that's where I find my inspiration so I look up like I look up with people who are kind of you know a few years ahead of me but then also it's my clients who are a few years behind me and I get I get inspired by them as well so yeah I wouldn't say that there's I I think that's a brilliant point I think that's um you know you don't necessarily have to go and listen or follow you know the Mm. uh the bigger personalities on social media whatever actually find the people that are in the trenches doing the doing the work and and so in a similar field to you you know yeah and you know to say it's the same as what I was saying before you know I can't the people you know the Gary V's and the Tony Robbins of the world, like they're, they're, I can't relate to them. They're too far ahead. They're decades ahead of me. Mm. Whereas if there's someone who is literally, I I can't really think past six months of what I'm planning on doing on my business. But if there's someone who is doing something that I'm like, okay, that's something that I've actually got to really plan and, and work towards. If they're a couple of years ahead of me and they're real about it, that's mm. so inspiring to me. And I've always said that, like, I don't ever want to, I don't ever want to know, no matter how, like how big, hopefully massive my business grows, I don't ever want to not be relatable Yes. because I just, it's not, it's not, well, I'm only speaking for myself. I don't find that helpful when people get so big that they're unrelatable. Definitely. Um, you're going to have to bear with me here. This might sound like a bit of a weird tangent. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, doing this podcast, we have loads of really uh, interesting business owners and startups and whatnot come on and just talk about their industries and what mm. they're doing. And recently, we've had a couple of people from the Board of Agriculture on, right? Okay. And uh, agriculture is going through some sort of um, the fourth revolution, apparently, mm. um, and tech and drones and whatnot are par- becoming part of it. Long story short, what that means is it's removing the sort of heavy lifting and that kind of um, aspect to agriculture. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is things like branding, marketing, communications is going to become hugely important. And mm. this isn't just agriculture. This is happening in. This is tons and tons of industries. So mm-hmm. people with that creative flair, I think, and I think the the uh, entrepreneurs that have been on will agree with me, and they have said on the podcast, if you've got that kind of skill set, you're going to be in so such high demand because mm-hmm. these industries that traditionally probably had huge wholesale businesses it allows smaller farms or smaller businesses to actually reach massive audiences. Yeah. That, so, yeah. you know, marketing and branding communications is actually a huge part of the future. Um, but what got you interested in that kind of world? <laughs> I almost interrupted you then when you said it's a big part of the future, because I think it's a, it's always been a big part of the landscape. Mm. Just mm. people don't realize that it's happening. And that's what I find so interesting. You're, we are manipulated every single day by the messages that we see and the emotions that are inflicted upon us through brands. And we don't even realize that they're happening. Um, this first kind of became 
first kind of came on my radar, you know, probably first, second year of university, especially with my with my degree. You know, this is what is my degree kind of studied heavily on mm. the psychological side behind the media. Um, oh, and my oh god, fascinating. Like I literally <laughs> A couple of years ago, I read my dissertation for fun because I was like, this is so interesting. <laughs> I actually sat down and reread it because <laughs> I was so interested with what I was writing. So my dissertation was on um was at was on idealized advertising. So okay. it's been a couple of years since I, you know, since I graduated. Um and when I was at uni, Instagram was very much in its infancy. So it was it was an innocent kind of photo sharing platform so I would have loved to have been at uni maybe kind of five years on and done my dissertation on Instagram but my dissertation was on idealized advertising in kind of magazines Mm -hmm. um, and how that affected how women of different um, demographics and age groups how they reacted to it Um, so that was my initial kind of my initial um, introduction into that kind of world and then um I when I went into professional marketing here um, in the finance industry, I was quite lucky in that I it was a small firm, but I was I headed up the branding and I was in charge of of branding everything. So I had to understand the brand inside of out inside and out. So you'd have your business development guys would send you, um, you know, PowerPoint presentations or PDFs and I had to make them on brand and then when I was there the business actually went through a very large rebrand so that's when I got to understand the fundamentals of branding and how that works so my you know I've been very lucky in that sense in that it's something that I've been very interested in and you know my university education and my first professional job out of university really kind of nurtured that understanding and that interest Mm. um and then I think it's just it's just a it's now become a very personal interest as well like you know I um I always kind of encourage people to think about like actually think about when they're buying something like what what's making me buy this is it because I've seen it on some influencer that I that I follow and really admire or is it because I really really like the colors and I can see that in my home or is it because you know the wording is making me you know I the other day I had a I have a face cream at home (laughs) and it's called Sunday Riley CEO Mm -hmm. and I was like I was putting it on and I was like this is literally a face cream but it makes me feel like a boss because it says CEO on the front. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm like, that is literally, it has manipulated me. There you go. You've got me. You have Don't you emotion think it's amazing that you know that and it still affects you. Yeah. Like we all, I'm, we kind of all know this, but it still mm-hmm. gets us. A hundred percent. I am a marketer's dream. I think because also <laughs> like I, I admire the art behind it. Yeah. Like I, there was a, there was a, um, so there's a brand on, on Instagram which some of your followers might know of um, called Fourth and Reckless. And they just did a kind of influencer launch um, and their content strategy leading up to it. I was, I wasn't even that bothered about any of the pieces, but their content strategy was just impeccable. Mm. I was literally so absorbed with everything they were posting. 
And then it got to the launch and, you know, they were very clever and they did a, you know, sign up to get early access 24 hours before it goes live. Of course, Mm. I signed up, (laughs) had a look, just having my coffee in the morning um, and ended up buying three pieces. And like, because, yeah, I know exactly how it's, (laughs) how they're, what they're doing and exactly how it works, but I fall for it every time. And I think because I think it's, yeah, it's an appreciation of it's art to me that that's, that is ours like that is emotional psychological strategic art and I just yeah Yeah. it it fascinates me but I fall for it every single time (laughs) I think personally you know I don't have any formal training in marketing or branding but I'm equally as fascinated by it I just Mm -hmm. I think it is incredible like what they can do and not only that the advent of sort of digital marketing and and Mm -hmm. marketing funnels and and everything your branding whatever it's going to become just so much Mm. bigger and just such a huge part of of our world and and so many different careers and if you even if you look back you know five years ago being a digital marketer they they would employ one person to be a digital marketer Mm -hmm. now that job is probably i don't know 20 different positions Mm -hmm. that you know you could be a tiktok you know your actual job mm-hmm. could be to run a tiktok account or create content like yeah. it is incredible and i don't know you know you're now in the position where you're starting to think about hiring people mm-hmm. to help you do these things so what kind of skill sets or or personality traits do you look for someone to jump on board and help you with these kind of um jobs so it's funny i mean in this same vein as what we're saying about you know the digital world and how much it's expanding in terms of providing new new jobs and pay people pay more interest in digital marketing it's i have the same level of fascination in what the world wide web can do in terms of building your own career and building your own business so the you know going off a bit on a tangent I'll come back and answer your question but the the lady that I have that I have hired um I've never met she is based in South Africa so we probably will never meet oh wow but she is um a free so she's a designer as well she's a brand designer as well and we've worked together on a couple of projects her on a kind of like freelance basis um And, you know, we work together very well. We have the same values, very similar kind of style, Um, the same sort of, you know, we're already working in the same niche. So I I tend to niche to fashion brands at the moment and she's the same. Um, And just from having that kind of, I think you can, you just, even if it's, even when it's all online, it's all digital. I think when you work together, like, a handful of times on projects especially creative like creatively you just get a vibe for people and you just get a, make a connection and that's for me like that's the number one um factor of the people that I work with especially with clients as well like I'm very lucky in that I'm now got my business to the point where you know at the start I think when you're first growing and you're first kind of trying to find your feet like you do say yes to everything but um I'm quite I'm I'm boy, I'm very lucky in that I can now get to the point and you know if I meet someone online and I'm not vibing with them I can just be like look, honestly I just don't think that you know I'm the right person for the job I don't think there's a I don't have a list I don't have a tick list I think it's just I think you know after a while of you know trying things out working with different people whether that be clients or alongside people um you just you just develop a kind of 
um, an instinct for the kind of people that will work for you um, and complement your personality and your skill set. Um, but then I think in terms of kind of branding and marketing world overall, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's a, a particular um, type of person or, or skill set or, you know, personality. I think it, I'm really pleased to see that it's happening though, because I think it's, it, it is a, even though it's, it's not a really a creative industry, but it is. Yeah. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's an element, there's an, there's a, a huge element of creativity. And I think even though it's not, you know, it's not um, at face value creative, it's not like your artists and your photographers and that kind of thing. It is very creative. And it's actually, it's really nice to see because I think creatives, being a creative is almost, <laughs> what's the, there's a quote, like a poor starving artist or something, creative jobs and creative industries I mm. think have always been looked at as lesser than for yes. a long time yeah you're definitely right um and not and undervalued um and don't get me wrong you still get that you know I'll still get inquiries and someone will say their budget is 200 pounds and they can't understand why I wouldn't <laughs> build a website for them for 200 pounds and um, you still get it but I think there's there's been years of that that like people undervaluing um a how much time it takes but b as we've just discussed how valuable it is it's and, the one differentiator isn't it really uh, now. yeah but i mean i think as i said before i think people don't value it because it is so people don't realize it's happening people do not realize that they are being manipulated and there is so much time and strategy that has gone into that behind the scenes to be able to you know spark that emotion to manipulate you into buying that thing people don't realize it's happening um so i think that there is it has been undervalued for a long time but as you said it's definitely it's definitely changing if you had a uh, piece of advice for someone who wants to get into this world and and start whether it be branding or marketing or whatever and and mm -hmm. stand out during you know maybe an interview process or something would it be to create some sort of portfolio or showcase your work or go out and do something extra because it will become a really competitive field i think yeah definitely and i mean i think i've very much left the the life of working for someone else behind but i know that's you know not for everyone and i know there is a lot of small and up-and-coming um agencies that you know will provide jobs like that and I can only speak from my experience in that, you know, my agency is growing. And I think when it comes to it, <laughs> we go back to school again. You know, I remember at school being told that your CV had to be a plain piece of A4 paper, no longer than two sides. Whereas I think now if I was applying or if I had, a, a, you know, a role that people are applying to, especially in creative, I want that to be your portfolio. I think it needs to be as kind of like you need to, especially as creativity is creative roles are going to be so highly sought after. And I think, you know, Gen Z have grown up with Instagram, TikTok, like all of these places to be creative. I think that the skill sets as the generations go on are going to become more and more they're going, to, they're going to become more talented it's going to be like second nature to them so I think it's a case of 
perfecting that skill and then when it comes to jobs really showcasing what is it what it is you can do but just uh, yeah keep nurturing the skill set and just keep growing um I know for me I even now I can see I develop project on project every single one I'm like oh my god this is my favorite and then I do it again I'm like oh my god this is even better than the last one this <laughs> is my favorite I think that it's it's creativity is a skill you know you're I know lots of people kind of say like, oh, I'm not creative, but it's a skill. And like any skill, it gets better the more that you practice it. So whether that's building your own business or trying to build a portfolio to get a job in in that industry, I think it's just a case of nurturing it um, and learning and speaking to people and educating yourself as much as you can. Definitely. And as far as uh, your creative agency goes, how's that going? You know, what's the kind of next steps for you and and what what do you really specialize in there? Yeah. So um, obviously, so as of this week, I've I've just hired. So there is two of us now. So um, my my kind of um, job title, if you will, is lead creative and brand designer. Um, and Bradine, my business partner, is our senior brand and website designer. So there's two of us now. Um, and with my kind of background with image and apparel and just my um, kind of personal interest, um, we have kind of we niche down to fashion. Um, it's the same same with Bradine, like a lot of her clients are fashion as well. So I am I mean, I'm very lucky in that I'm kind of. I am my target customer four years ago, so I can just tap in and remember how I was feeling and what I wanted when I was trying to grow my fashion brand, you know, three, four years ago. Um, so that's kind of what I'm trying to build now is just a place where that that solves those problems um, and really try and niche down because I think, you know, as we said before, like the creative industries are growing and um I just see more and more and more of these graphic designer freelance designers and agencies and stuff cropping up and I think it's um it's scary but it's really powerful and beneficial to niche down in these in and as this industry grows because you know if you try and serve everyone you cater to no one whereas if you know you're very specific about it um and, you know, I'm doing, uh, there's nothing unique in what I'm doing, except I'm saying that, okay, th- this is for fashion brand owners. And then, you know, me four years ago comes along, needs branding, needs a website. And I'm sifting through all of these agencies, all of these freelancers. And I come across one that says, hey, we're for fashion brands. I'm going to go with that one. So I think there's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely scope for things to grow and that a lot of things are growing, but I would kind of say, really think about um, niching down. So I'm offering advice again, rather than answering your no, question. Good, this good, is what good. I do. I go it's off on good. tangents. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so at the moment, we're, we're really trying to kind of like hone in on that niche and just see where that takes us in answer to your question. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Imogen. It's um, it's been really great to chat to you. I oh, think your uh, your your business looks really exciting. Um, it's, it's obviously growing, and um, yeah, thank you again for your time. Oh, thank you for having me. Pleasure. And where can people find you, your businesses, and everything you're up to? 
Um, so my personal Instagram is um, at Imogen Jersey. Um, if you are a fan of tongue-in-cheek um, business style reels, then you'll want to follow me over there. <laughs> oh my God, I'm still so bad at kind of plugging my own Instagram. It just feels so unnatural to me. Um, but yeah, I'm there. And then if you want any branding help, um, then we are Bijou Brands. So B-I-J-O-U-X Brands um, on Instagram as well. Amazing. Thank you again. Lovely. Thank you so much.